0: today on the Rising Coaches Podcast.
1: We never really talked about it. We, t- I mean, we obviously talk about coaching now because we're both in it, but at that time we were just, we were struggling. We were just trying to figure out what our next move was. And it's one of those things nobody ever really, you're never really prepared to, for life after basketball when you've been doing it your own life. So for us, it was just like, okay, we gotta get a job.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon, and today's episode is a special edition of our Member Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession. It's about who knows you. To be considered for our Member Spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches, Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoy today's episode. And please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people, Uh, at the final four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you all of that gets removed off of your plate you can just worry about being you making new friends in the business and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis for more information visit risingcoaches.com membership on risingcoaches.com All right, welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Uh, very excited for, for today's guest. We're joined by Darius Nichols from uh, the University of Florida Gators. Coach, what's up?
1: Adam, how you doing?
0: I'm good, man. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah, well. We were just
0: talking. Yeah, we were just talking. You said you guys just passed your COVID test, so games are games are still on for this wait, yeah. week, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, we it's crazy because you feel like you got a few opponents. You got the COVID test. You got the other team's COVID test, and then you have the other team. So it's a lot of stuff going on before you actually get to the game. So you know, everybody says they're taking it one day at a time. You're you're really taking the one day at a time.
0: Have you had any like last minute games come up yet, or no? Um, any we crazy, almost did. Like, yeah, yeah, we we
1: almost did. We almost well, did. we almost ended the game this this week. Um, at any time, another game could be added. So, I mean, you're trying to stay prepared as much as possible, but you're also trying to be flexible and and understand that you know things are going to change really fast.
0: How have the guys been with all this?
1: Um, the guys, the guys are probably you know the guys probably are handling it better than actually the coaches. You know, <laughs> I think yeah. I think kids nowadays are more adaptable, and when they hear, okay, we may have a game this day or you know, practice may be canceled and, you know, due to this, I think they're, I think they're handling it pretty well. At least our guys are. Um So I, I think they're in a pretty good place right now.
0: It's just the coaches, they got to scramble and figure yeah. out the problem last second.
1: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of decisions to be made. And then, you know, it's, it's different this year. You gotta, you gotta try to be as simple as possible because at, at any time you can add a game and then, um, you know, you want to make sure your team is locked in. And I think this year you can't add as many plays or make as many adjustments as the years pass.
0: You got to just focus on what you guys do more than ever, right?
1: Right. right.
0: Are you the type of dude that, like, uh, like that's what you believe in anyways? Like you you want to focus on your team and let the opponent adjust or are you usually, like, yeah. big on game planning and and – Catering to your opponents,
1: Um, a little bit of both. I think a lot of it depends on what kind of team you have and what they can digest. Um, I think there's sometimes where you get so caught up in opponent that you forget that you know you have some guys on your current team who struggle with your plays. So it's like you know you're thinking to yourself, "How are we gonna focus on their plays when you know we're, we're trying to figure out what we do?" So I think I think a lot of it depends on the team you have as well.
0: Yeah, no question. Um all right, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us your background. Obviously, I think most most people on here probably have followed you at least from afar, whether it's your playing career or your coaching career. But tell us where you're from and, and how you kind of uh, uh ended up at West Virginia. Let's start with that.
1: Um, you know, born and raised in Radford, Virginia. Um, you know, my whole family. It's a basketball family. My dad still coaches at my high school. He's assistant coach. My older brother is at Murray State. um So, you know, I've always been involved in basketball. Thought I was going to be playing forever. Um, I ended up at West Virginia, and I committed to play for John Beilein. So, I played for him for three years. Um, then Bob Huggins came in my my senior year. So, it's it's crazy. At that time, I thought that was. You know, the worst thing that happened is when the coach that recruited you leaves and then you got a new coach. But then looking back on it, that's probably the best thing that happened, happened to me is, is playing under two different coaches um, in my four years. So, you know, played all four years at West Virginia, went overseas and played one year in Hungary, and then um, blew, out, blew out both knees. Um, could And I couldn't play basketball anymore. I was trying to figure out what my next step was going to be Like I said earlier, I thought I was going to be playing basketball forever and, you know, kind of fought it. I think that's what what struggled struggle with nowadays is, okay. what do I do after basketball? And, you know, I went through a period of a year where I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do next. And then, you know, I always wanted to help kids um, in in some capacity and I wanted to be a social worker. Then I thought to myself, okay, how can I help kids but also stay involved in basketball? And, you know, I, I, combined the two and I got coached. Um, then, then I, I accepted a job as grad assistant at West Virginia. I was there for one year. Then I went to Northern Kentucky for two years, um, under Dave Beasel. Then I went to Wofford, uh, spent one year under Mike Young, who's now a Virginia tech. Um, then I left Wofford went to Louisiana tech and I was there for literally six months. Then I was in Florida. Um, this is going on in year six of Florida.
0: Okay, awesome. We got you worked for a lot of legends, man. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Hall of Famers, yeah. uh, and played for for a couple as well. So let's go back there. Let's go to, to let's start with John Beeline. He's a little quirky, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's he's a little different. You know what I learned from him was um, he's an unbelievable storyteller. So every you know every piece of footwork. Every uh, every play call has a story behind it, so so it's crazy. Like um, now, when we talk about Beeline and and his terminology, it, I remember it because everything he does, he attaches a story to it. So so you, you really you're really able to understand his philosophy in a quicker uh, amount of time.
0: Interesting. Okay. So so even down to like footwork. Like the way he talks about pivoting or whatever. He may yeah. tell you about a duty coach thirty years ago that pivoted a certain way and that's why they do it. Exactly. Okay, exactly. cool. So that, that helps it sink in like the learning process you've always remembered because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So do you do you find yourself is that something you can only do as a head coach? Because he's like never been an assistant, right? He's only yeah, been a head
1: coach the whole year. He's always been a head coach, yeah.
0: You can't just break out in the middle of practice there telling stories, right? You got to be a head um, coach to do that? I
1: mean, I, I, I can pull guys to the side and kind of tell them stories. But sure. you know, we're, we're trying to play fast, so we don't have time to sit there and do story time in order to practice. So,
0: <laughs> so speaking of playing fast, so you, you talked about it. Huggins comes in, uh, and you go from playing for B-line to a completely opposite end of the spectrum with Bob Huggins. How is that? How is he to play for and work for
1: um, it was, it was different because, you know, those guys are two totally different types of personalities, first of all, and then two totally different style, style of play. Um, so with him, it was when hugs came in, it was, it was probably the hardest thing I've been through in terms of, you know, how demanding he was. Um, but then you realize, like, for us, it was, I remember the first workout, you know, we're doing all defense and, you know, with b teams, you know, we played a lot of zone and, made a lot of threes. So I remember he, he came up to me, he said, you know what? I've never had this many guys that can't guard. And then I started laughing. He said, "But you know, what? I never had this many guys that can make shots. So I think, I think the skill level of what, uh, of the guys that he had when he first got there combined with his, his mentality and this toughness and how demanding he, he was that, that got us in the Sweet 16 this first year.
0: Uh, did you beat us that year? You beat you went through Clemson, right, in the in the yep. first round.
1: That was my junior year.
0: That was your junior year. Yeah, that,
1: that was my junior year. yeah. With so that, uh, that, was, that was B-Line's last year.
0: No, Bad West Virginia. That was Huggins. That was Huggins. Are, are you talking
1: about? You're talking about uh, in the NCAA tournament or NIT?
0: In the NCAA tournament in Tampa. Okay. No, no, you no, were gone, right? I was.
1: I was a grad assistant.
0: You were the grad assistant, okay. Yeah, I, I,
1: I was in charge of uh, printing out the scouting reports, and I went not on the court.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah, that was uh, my last year at Clemson. We played you guys. Yeah, we, we were yeah. in the last four, so we played yeah. in Dayton, and then flew at four in the morning to Tampa and played you guys yeah. at noon the next day. And yeah, you got to beat us up. It was good. It was a close game until like the last eight minutes.
1: Yeah,
0: and then it was uh, then it was over, but uh. But, yeah, man, okay, so you go from there. Uh, when you finished playing and you were talking about that, that period of time where you are kind of figuring out what to do with your life and you're thinking about being a coach worker, was your older brother with Shane already in coaching at that point? Um, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was,
1: still, he was still playing. He was still playing as well. And then uh, he decided he wanted to just stop playing, and then he was, uh, he was working at our high school was he was coaching at our um at our old high school Rafferty high school. So we were both kind of in the same space um trying to figure out what was next. And so yeah that's what he was doing. So he got into coaching a little bit before me.
0: What were those conversations like? Like did you guys talk to each other about it like hey, let's do this. We can we can come up through the coaching progression together or did you guys just find it on yeah. your own?
1: Not not really. Um we we kind of just did it on our own. Like we never we never really talked about it. We t- I mean, we obviously talk about coaching now because we're both in it. But at that time, we were just we were struggling. We were just trying to figure out what our next move was. And it's one of those things nobody ever really – you're never really prepared to, for life after basketball when you've been doing it your whole life. So for us, it was just like, okay, we got to get a job. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's what we were
0: focused on. I got you. And now, a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As the off-season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game-changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills, from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at Dr. Dish b Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Um. So you end up uh, uh, at Wofford. You work for Mike Young for a short period of time. Shane worked for him too, right? He was there first. and
1: So he, yeah, he played for him and worked for
0: him. That's right, that's right. So I've heard a rumor and Mike Young every day, uh, they, like his staff and him going a walk through campus to the Starbucks, uh, yeah, he, and that's like the staff eating, right?
1: Yeah, he. We didn't walk when I was there. We got in his car. He said, "Come on, let's go, let's go to Starbucks." And you know that by that time I wasn't really a big coffee drinker, so he would make fun of me because I would get the frap, the frappes, and the cappuccinos, and <laughs> right. you know he, he wants you to drink real coffee. He calls it like you know the black coffee and. So, you know, he would take us to Starbucks, he would pay for it. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, I still talk to him to this day, and I learned a lot from him. I think the biggest thing that I learned from him is how he treats people. And I never really understood, like a lot of people don't understand the stuff that he does and why he does it. You know, for example, we used to eat at the cafeteria on campus, and we used to, he he never went through the front door. And I never understood, I never asked him either, but. It just came out in conversation, kind of. I, I I was always wanting to ask him, like, why why do we keep going through the back door? And then it finally came up. He said, you know, that you never really see the people behind the scenes that prepare the food. You know, and those are those are important people that you don't really see. So, you know, he would always go through the back door. He he knew all of the cooks' names. He would give them T-shirts, take care of them, and you know that 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 stuck with me, like just. How he treated everybody on campus.
0: Yeah, he he was like the mayor there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he's the same at Virginia Tech as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would imagine. Um, okay, and then you go work for Mike White. Talk about obviously he's your current boss, so you got to say all yep. positive things. But uh, <laughs> what's what what has been the biggest takeaway from Coach White? Um,
1: I just think the way he the way he is with the guys. Um, And when we got to Louisiana Tech, you know, he he already had really good teams. You know, me and Jordan Mincy joined him, and he had already won, I think, two or three championships. So it was kind of an autopilot there. So we were just there trying not to mess stuff up. Um, So with him, it's like every day he always says that, you know, we got to recruit our current guys. You know, so it's all about the relationships that you have with your current guys. And, you know, some people, especially at this level, get caught up in, okay, the next recruit we got to get this guy and i think that the thing that he's taught me the most is just how to recruit your current roster and you know that's that's what we do here every day
0: yeah he he uh i've been able to be at a, a couple practices and and spend a little time around him his energy level is like off the charts too yeah. he just he seems like he really really loves it i mean most coaches do Obviously, but you know, there's some coaches that go through and they're just like angry all the time. Yeah. He just seems like fired up to be yeah. in the. Gym. Yeah,
1: no, nah, he's he's one of those guys too. And I've been fortunate to work for a lot of guys who, who, uh, who don't take themselves too serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, going back to Mike Young, that's kind of what he he always says: he says, do serious work, but don't take yourself too serious. Um, and that's that's how Coach is. Um, coach White is as well. So that that's that's what stuck to me so far.
0: Yeah, and you guys play ball every day. It sounds like you're not doing it. During the pandemic. But.
1: Uh, yeah, we're fighting COVID now. You, you're getting older and fighting, you know, torn Achilles and stuff like that. So, so we don't. <laughs> the worst thing you want to do is be in the mask and the shield and on a scooter.
0: <laughs> no doubt, that's a that's the 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 threesome right there. Yeah. yeah, but like up until this year, you guys would play like every day at lunch, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, not necessarily at lunch, but we would play every day.
0: You guys play every day,
1: yeah. And it would be, you know, the the coaches, staff versus the managers, and you know, it's just, just a way for us to stay in shape and and um, you know, the guys would stay out there, our players would stay out there and watch us play and, and commentate and do all that stuff. So, I mean, that that's that's one thing we do miss about you know, not like during this time is not being able to play. But yeah, we used to play every day.
0: Pretty competitive too I, I've seen those games you guys go hard <laughs> yeah yeah there's been a few
1: fights in those games too i can, I can imagine they are they are competitive
0: uh there's what's it like being at Florida you know like you're at one of the premier programs in the country um what is what is the biggest thing that sets it apart
1: um obviously you got the weather that sets it apart um i think the I think the biggest thing is Probably just how every how every team on campus is really good, you know. You have some you have some elite programs where it's basketball or it's football or, you know, volleyball, whatever. But you know, here at Florida, every every sports team is really good. You know, you got softball who's winning national championship, you know, one is the women's and men's track. So, like, we tell our guys like, if you're not doing well, on campus, like, you know, you're gonna hear about it because every other team is doing well. So they're gonna say, okay, what's wrong with this sport and what's wrong with that sport when in your class you're going to be sitting beside Kyle Trash who's you know a Heisman potential winner and so and then you're going to go to another class and you got a guy who just you know qualified for the Olympics so you're going to be surrounded by greatness so if you're not if you're not pushing yourself every day not only with your team but on your campus you will get exposed.
0: Yeah that's uh I would imagine that environment kind of like breeds competitiveness amongst all the athletes. I'm sure that's a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. Um, So there's like, obviously you've worked for some legends. Um, You've been doing it a long time at this point. Um, You know, I know you probably don't get caught up in this stuff and try not to focus on like, you know, I would imagine the next step for you is a head coaching job. Um, Do you, I know, is, is it hard not to get like, in the off season, caught up with all that stuff and your name gets mentioned and thrown around on social media do you, how do you balance that
1: um I think I think the thing you balance it by I think the hardest thing to do is to
0: like for example
1: like a lot of people say oh man like you're you're at the high major level you got to feel the pressure or whatever or you know when are you get this next job but a lot of times, you' there's so much going on in the day, you don't have time to sit back and think about that stuff. So for me, it's like, you know, I've always prepared myself for the next step, but I haven't been consumed with it. The only time I've been able to get consumed with me preparing myself for the next step is these last six months when we were all sitting in the house. So then you're looking for something to do, and now it's, okay, this is a time where I'm not so consumed with, summer recruiting, going to Peach jam. So I think for me, I've been able to be successful just because I've been able to focus on the task at hand. And I think a lot of times, especially younger people, they want to, they want to move up so fast in the business and they're thinking about the next step that they don't do a good job of where they are. And, you know, I never, when I got into it, I never was like, okay, I want to be at the high major level. I didn't, I just, was just doing my job and then I fell into it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, What, uh, what advice, what's like the best advice that you could give somebody uh, no matter where they're at in their coaching career, whether they've been doing it for a long time or just getting into it. uh, What have you found to be the most useful, you know, piece of information?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's basic information. It's just, you know, treat treat people the right way. And then I think a lot of times people, you know, people are always trying to move up and look for that next step. And they're always, you know, gravitating to the people's the, the people's names who they hear the most, who's attached with jobs, or this guy's always involved in jobs. And the guys that I've seen get the jobs are the guys that you never hear their names. And then it's like, okay, man, I was sitting with that guy at the AU event Last summer, and I didn't stay in touch or I didn't connect with him, and now he's got a job. So I always try to tell people don't get consumed with the names you always hear because you 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 never know who can vouch for you. You never know who's up for a job, and you never know who can hurt you or help you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do, you, do you have any strategies for, like, staying in touch with people, or do you just try to be good about, like, you know, um, corresponding?
1: So what I do, I always try to, you know, I text college basketball scores every night. And a lot of times, you know, during the season, you don't have time to just, okay, hey, let's catch up. You don't want to be, you don't get a guy that's like during the season that, that wants to catch up. So if there's guys, you know, my friends or, or guys that I know or admire from afar, or, you know, I have always had respect uh, respect for, you know, I may check the score, they get a big win, I may shoot them a text. um You know, just just things like that. Um, And I think it's been good over this time, and I I like the fact that the Zooms are still going, just to stay in touch with people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that's helped our game. I hope once we get back on the road recruiting and stuff, it doesn't get as cutthroat as it it was at times. But I think during the pandemic, a lot of coaches have met new people, and a lot of people have, have separated themselves in terms of, okay, this guy really wants to learn, and this guy's been on every Zoom, like, I've seen some people that's been on a zoom every night and, and what that tells you is that, you know, somebody really is trying to get better. So I think that networking is something that has helped our game. Just those people that have, have constantly been on those Zooms, um, I've been able to connect with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So who's next Florida state? We got Florida state Saturday.
1: Yeah, floor, as of right now. So as of right now, <laughs> yeah, as of right now, Florida State's next.
0: What's that rivalry been like? You know, it's pretty. There's not too many like huge rivalries of in-state yes. schools that are in different leagues, like Clemson, South Carolina, right? got yep. yeah, ACC and SEC. Um, what is what is that rivalry been like? Two great programs yeah. in the same state. Leonard Hamilton is, like, a legend, one of the best to ever do it. Right. Uh, yeah, talk about that rivalry a little bit. Um, it's been good. You know, that
1: that well, it hasn't been good because they've been beating us last few years, so I won't say it's been good. But we've learned a lot from it, um, and I, I think, you know, especially myself being, you know, an African-American, like I've been able to sit back and, and watch Leonard Hamilton and how much success he's had throughout his career – but I think he's still got that doesn't get enough credit for what he's done, especially over the last few years. And just the longevity he's had, um, and you know, when you've been in a program that long and had success, what that tells me is the way you treat people. Um, I think mean, he does a good job of that. So, you know, as big as a, of a rivalry as it is for them and, and it is for us, you know, I always, every time we play him always look at it as a learning experience. So, you know, I've been able to learn, even though they are a rival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys go into a 3-0. You guys uh, beat a really good Army team. You beat Boston College. You beat Stetson. Um, so, a lot of excitement, I'm sure, in Gainesville yeah. uh, about your team. You guys feel good about – as good as you can during during this crazy season about about your team and your guys?
1: Yeah, you know what? It's, it's like we felt good about our team before we started playing. Because when you have all this uncertainty, when you're going to play, are you going to play? Um, how's it going to look? Our guys have been working hard um, the months leading up to it. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm surprised these guys are working this hard. When we don't have a schedule, we don't know when we're going to play. And they never complain. So the enthusiasm has been great. Um, the consistency has been great. So I mean, to me, I've been excited before we ended up being 3-0 and or whatever.
0: Awesome. Well, Darius, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know it's a, it's a crazy time of year. Um, enjoy talking to you a little bit and, and best of luck.
1: Yeah. Through the rest of the season. It. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: All right, man. Take care. Yeah. yeah. We'll see you. What's up podcast fans. I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.